Tiao boiled egg. Boiled yeah. egg. Stinking it up. Yeah, well, if I can't cook my eggs, I'll um, I'll just have a few boiled up. And if I'm in a bit of a hurry in, in the morning, I'll, uh, I'll I'll smash four boiled eggs down for me um my first meal of the day, and that's my last one. So nation. Just before I choke on my egg yolk. <laughs> Got to be careful of that. Nature's snack. Yeah. Boiled, boiled egg. Yeah. Do you, do you like to have the yolk still just a little bit sort of gooey, or no. do you like it fully? I like it fully yellow, dry and, a bit and, of grey around the outside. And chokeable. Oh, do you? Yeah. I like them a little bit gooey. Yeah. How do you get the? We, you got a tip for getting the shell off? Uh yeah. Just using the side of your thumb. Yeah. Because yeah, right. there's a little um, there's a thin membrane of skin oh, yeah. underneath an eggshell when you boil it, and you've got to get. That off, yeah. I don't know what it's called, but if you can That's get the if you can get that off, yeah, it's it's, a, it's between the shell and the white. It's this tiny little film, and if you can start removing that with the shell, then you're done and dusted. Because nothing shits me more than taking away and taking the shell away, and then getting all the egg white with it. Yeah, and then you have got to peel it off with your thumbnail and mm. get into it. But no, I love me boiled eggs. Overcook it. The egg white gets stuck Possibly, to the Possibly, mate, yeah. yeah. Or I think there's something to do with the cooling of it. So if it cools, see, if you yeah. put it in the fridge straight after you've boiled it, or the egg's still hot, um, I think that it's hard to take off the shell and that membrane together effectively. Yeah. I reckon a chef would have a good method, wouldn't they? There'd be some Gucci little yeah. system to, to do it. Someone was telling me a method where you put – I always thought an egg into directly boiling water made it the egg uh, yolk or the shell crack. But apparently if you get a pot of boiling water, and I've done this a few times, and you lower it in gently with a spoon into boiling water, and then you cook it for, it was an exact time, it was like four or four and a half minutes or something like that, and it was coming out, that was coming out pretty good. You could peel I it thought you were supposed to boil the water, then remo- take it off the boil, then put the egg in and return it to the boil. Yeah, I was doing it directly into, and it was okay. going all right. The yeah, occasional right. egg would crack. crack. I think they have to be at room temperature. Yep. And then you hear theories about putting vinegar or salt in the boiling water, yeah. and that stops it from cracking. But yeah, yeah I don't know. It's hit and miss, isn't it? You you always get one of those ones you just butcher it no matter what. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But thanks for your patience, boys. I yeah. finished my eggs. Yeah. Good to see you again. <laughs> well, what's your uh, eating regime then? Last episode we talked about intermittent fasting. Towards the end, we kind of discussed that you know you can't have one without the other. It's like the flip side of the coin. Yeah. What have you got going on at the moment? I'm still... Uh, well, we talked about ketosis. I'm a creature like of habit yeah. uh, and things that are working for me, I, I generally stick to. So, yeah, my four eggs a day, start off my first meal around lunchtime, one o'clock, with the um, the fried, uh, uh, pan-fried almonds or... or um, Rooster fry up. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of kale and some sweet potato. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what so I had. So you're I generally just, doing a ketogenic style yeah. diet? Yep. Low, low carb, high fat? Low carb, high fat and high protein. Yep. Yeah. Plenty of red meat? Yeah. Uh, I, I could eat some more red meat. Um, my wife doesn't like a lot of red meat, so we will have probably red meat once, maybe twice a week, okay. mostly just once. Yeah. Then the other meat meals will be, uh, we eat a salmon meal, then we'll have a chicken meal, we'll have a vegetarian meal, so my wife, my wife might make up a nice... Uh, um, what do you call those? A quiche. quiche. Oh, quiche, yeah. yeah with oh, spinach nice. and Eggs, stuff in yeah. there, yep. So, yeah, we, we mix it up a little bit, but we do have a, a weekly or nightly plan to our meals. Um, you know, we throw, throw something different in every now and then, but the kids pretty much know what's going to come every night. Taco Tuesday night. Yeah, we have yeah. taco tacos <laughs> nights yeah, yeah. every now and then. We heard about your pizza night. Yeah, got <laughs> yeah, the pizzas. Yeah, yeah we homemade pizzas. Yeah, the kids love those. And we'll just chuck different things on there, you know, often salmon. 
um, or, or some some red meat on that. You know, and yeah. not to be too dogmatic about it, but you sort of you're running the keto kind of diet. Yep. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. mate. Yeah, My, I, I have um, very very limited carbs. I don't eat bread. I don't eat pastas. Mm. Uh, I don't eat processed foods. Uh, so yeah, pretty much any, any a meat substitute and anything natural that I can get. So generally in summer it's more salad type yeah. meals, uh, and in winter Seasonal. it's yeah. in winter it's more your your veggies and your root veggies and stuff like that. What do you think about fake meat? You get into a bit of soy <laughs> soy based <laughs> meat, <laughs> or, or insects maybe? Yeah. yeah. I, well, I, insects I, have got to be better than fake meat. Yeah, oh, hundred percent. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'd, the, I'd eat insects. I would not yeah, eat, eat uh, fake meat. I'm not eating soy-based meat. No, no, oh, no. That fake meat. I just. That, that's just. That's you, just a scam. If you don't, yeah, you know, tofu sausages or, you know, like a burger. That if you want to eat the meat, eat the meat. Why do they have to make it? Weird. Yeah. Like a weird hybrid thing. Well, we know a guy who's a vegetarian because his wife told him he had to be. <laughs> And he eats fake, like um, fake sausages or fake hamburger patties. We might have to give him the right to reply at one point, but we'll and he's quizzing farts stink. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the he's got the worst smelling ass. <laughs> Lovely guy, loving the bits, but you know if you're gonna like you say if you're gonna eat meat, eat meat. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, yeah. Just have a dal yeah. or something. Don't don't feel like you need to have a fake sausage. Yeah. Well, if you want to, I don't do even it. Like, I'm, I'm all for choice. But yeah, exactly. Um, I don't even like the puns they used for the, you know, like, uh, I can't even think of any, right? You mean like mouthfeel or something when they're trying to make the soy-based products? Nah, you the, know, like... The texture of bacon, like faken or... It's, it's a pun. <laughs> faken, you know, like faken. Uh, here's our, here's this lovely meal oh, of faken. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's a pun, yeah. Yeah. They annoy me also. Yeah, yeah. But the whole insect thing, I had a laugh the other day because... There's a headmaster in Wales. I saw this article, and often you don't know how true these articles are because there's so much bullshit. Was it mainstream media? Yeah, possibly. Uh, Um, First problem. But the headmaster is introducing uh, insects to lower school children to get them used to. So they're already brainwashing the next, the younger generation into a movement away from eating meat and being forced to eat insects. And I just thought to myself, if these people are in Wales, I've got a lot of pet friends from the UK, and they are shit scared of seeing a bug. Have you seen an English person? <laughs> like, you know, you know Aussies. Like we pretty much grow up with bugs. You know, you got yeah. spiders and don't snakes. You know, don't you have kangaroos bouncing down the street? <laughs> yeah. Uh, how yeah, is how yeah. is a person from the UK going to eat an insect when they can't even <laughs> handle being in the same room as one? Or they freak out when they see yeah. a, an insect in the corner. Interest, oh. Interestingly, uh, I was listening to Paul Saladino, the carnivore MD, and he was his recent podcast was just discussing that uh, there was a, a, a study came out about children's first meal uh, after being coming off breastfeeding. Their, their, their f- the first meal that they should be eating in that time, you know, about six six to eight months after they're sort of weaning off breast milk, the ideal food for them to eat is meat. Yeah, right. So I'd, I could probably reference that study. If I that, that was based on a study result, was it? Like yeah. they looked into it? And yeah. 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 I, I don't really agree they should wean at six months, but that's just a personal... Uh, I think... I, I think that, if they're having solids and breast milk, I think that's probably good. But I think that was it. I, yeah. I think he was talking about sort of 12-month plus yeah. breastfeeding. Yep. So don't... 
quote me on that. I can actually, I'll find it so that we can put it in there because now I've referen- referenced it, we probably should. Um, but yeah, yeah, the, the nutrient density of meat, mm-hmm. I think he would love you to eat some organs, but... That whole yeah. carnivore diet is, um, they reckon, is pretty good for people with gastrointestinal issues. And yeah, yeah, I follow him a fair bit, and yep. um, I have tried the carnivore diet. I did it for eight weeks last year. Um, I, I felt amazing. I felt great. Yeah. Um, is there a recommendation to eat more organ meats? Yeah, he's got some. Yeah, recommendations on. Um, because organ meats are supposed to be a lot better for you than mm. the sort of muscle meat, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, the nutrient density of the organs. I think if <laughs> if you look at ancestral man and when they went hunting, a lot of the elders in the tribe were given access to the organs for, first, and then the muscle meat went to. Yeah, yeah. So traditionally, he suggests that yeah, everyone sort of prioritized the organs, knowing that they were nutrient dense. Is it is it to do with um? I'm not, I haven't boned up on this for the, the podcast, but isn't it the glycine-methionine ratio or something like that as mm. well of the muscle meat versus the organ meat? Yeah. Along with other things. So yeah, you want to obviously have a, a good balance of those. Yeah. If you're just having the muscle meat, then you're not going to get as ratio yeah. right. Yep. Something like that, yeah. Organ yeah. meat just tastes like shit. Yeah. I, I don't mind it. Yeah. yeah. Steak and kidney pie. How you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on how you cook it, I suppose. But yeah. I remember my wife and I were in the UK with the whole mad cow thing. Uh, and that was in its full full peakness, and um, we were. It was recommended that you didn't eat, you know, your normal meat. You ate organ meat, so we were eating livers and kidneys and stuff yeah. like that. And I just, oh, yeah, it tasted. But maybe I wasn't cooking it very well or seasoning it very well. I, I mean, kidney kidneys stinks. Yes, yeah. it's, it's, it smells like piss. Yeah, it's quite I'm tasty, gonna, though, don't you reckon? Well, uh, y- you might have to get a good one. I don't know. Yeah. Um, have you ever eaten ox's tongue? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I've seen those things. You oh, don't see them in the shops anymore, but back in the day you used to see ox's tongue. You did see I more of that I'd stuff, it. didn't you? Yeah. I'm sure yeah. I had it at a restaurant. Yeah, right. Yeah. It'd be pretty meaty, eh? Mm, big thing. Mm. Yeah, it looked like it'd be chewy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. remember when, when me and my wife were travelling, we were in Germany, and I went, I thought I really understood uh, the German language a bit, and I thought I, I got a menu given to me. It was all in German. I thought, all oh, right, I'll order something here, and I thought I was ordering <laughs> essentially a steak. And what came out was like, like sort of boiled or seared liver. Oh, lovely! Oh. And I saw it, and I thought, oh, doesn't look like a steak. And as soon as I had the first bite, I knew what it was. But I ate it out of being stubborn. I'll admit, I didn't really enjoy that too much. Yeah, no, I, I basically ate it. I didn't want to make a fool of myself, and uh, it, it, <laughs> have to it needs that I to. I, I think it needs to be in with other things. Maybe a yeah, sausage or something. Yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe get yeah. like a, a sausage with a few different organ meats and some normal meat in there or something like that. Might, yeah. I've, okay. I've done it with. Some mints, yeah, not a lot. I n- well, I'm the same as you. It, it's it's hard going, yep. so I take a few liver, uh, desiccated liver supplements. So you've done, you've eaten a carnivore diet. You've you've yeah, tried it for yeah. some time. So How well, long did you try he, it for? He, uh, he called the animal based is what Saladino calls it. So I sort of followed that one. Yeah. Um, Does that include any? Any vegetables or fruits at all? It, it included, so it was pretty much meat, fruit, and honey, okay. pretty much. Um, the least toxic foods he talks about. So he talks about plant plants having toxins and defense chemicals in them, so we they're not ideal to eat. Yeah, okay. Um, Is this a lectin sort of argument? 
Um, the plants have the natural defences which destroy our gut. Yeah, that yeah. Sort of thing. Plant lectins. Well, there are they more grain based kind of stuff. He, I think he's talking about sort of phytochemicals in you know leafy green ah, stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I thought they were a good thing, phytonutrients. I thought they were a, a necessary that because that was one argument against the carnivore diet was that you weren't you needed to to compensate for the lack of phytonutrients in the diet. Well, he he was he's talking about that they they've got these defense chemicals in them. Okay. Um, you know, fruits obviously want to be eaten. They want you to swallow their seed and then. Ooh. <laughs> and That's then, another podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, they distribute the seed around the place so it grows, but plants can't run away like an animal can or, you know, they want to defend themselves. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, 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 I just found it interesting. Mm. It's, definitely, it's definitely a restrictive diet and... Uh, like he says, if you if you're thriving the way you are, just continue going how you are. Yeah. yeah. But if you if you're not, and things are an issue, and you can't really work out what they are, I mean, people have a lot of issues with nightshade kind of stuff. You know, um, mushrooms and all. Yeah, tomatoes, capsicums, yeah. eggplant, that oh, kind of yeah. thing. Um, he he's sort of suggesting give this a try if it helps. Yeah, knock yourself out. Yeah, it's that same old argument that comes up again and again. Just do what you feel is right for you. Yeah, so it's, like it's one all diet individualized, isn't work it? For everyone. Yeah, yeah. Carnivore probably works really well for some people. Yeah. Plant based probably works really well for some people. Yeah. Mediterranean sort of omnivore. It's sort of a, achieving that metabolic flexibility, isn't it? So getting your body to be efficient at abstracting or obtaining energy from different means. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at any given time, we're burning a series of fatty acids, amino acids, glucose, right? So yeah. if we are metabolically flexible and able to burn any one of those at any time, that helps a lot, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. If you can think. flick over seamlessly, that's yeah. that's the idea. Yeah. 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 Metabolic flexibility. Is but I think uh, the very vast majority of people are not metabolically flexible. No. Westerners. Yeah. I think most Westerners solely rely on uh, the glucose. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's it's a bit of a cycle, isn't it? Really, the way we eat, we did we we talked about it in the last podcast briefly. But um, you know, if if you have a high carb diet, your your blood glucose or insulin levels are high, which increases your fat storage. The different endocrine systems, so hormones, leptin, ghrelin, kind of going sciencey you know different lipases and cck what's that one cholecystokinin yeah there you go um you know the, the cycle of eating every three hours with a high carbohydrate diet blood sugar goes up insulin goes up to get that back to normal you aren't satiated and you feel hungry again and you need to eat again yeah and and those Calories that you're not using are getting stored as fat. Yeah, well, our, our bodies cycle. are engineered to store that excess energy mm. in the event of a food yeah. shortage. Yeah. yeah, and we have probably forty, fifty thousand stored calories on our body. Exactly. We didn't touch on those in fasting, but if we can utilize that storage rather than food energy, we're going to be better off. Mm. Yeah, definitely. We don't want to carry much fat, do we? No, no, you don't. That's not like fat shaming people or saying you shouldn't be fat, but if you just read pure science, 
we don't really want to carry much fat if you want optimal health. It's just true. Like if someone chooses to be heavy or whatever, that's their choice. Well, when we're but, not designed. But the science doesn't support it for wellness. Yeah, and, and evolutionarily, we're not designed to carry lots of fat. No. We? We, we, we are designed to carry some in the event of long periods of not eating. Yep. But to be optimal, if we were hunting and gathering, we would need to sprint to get away from things or catch our prey. We'd, we'd walk for long distances. And, and being a sprinter, you don't see too many obese sprinters. No. No. But therein lies, they're James, adapting. therein lies your balance. Mm. You know, your, yeah. your, your fat storage for, for a shortage of food back in, you know, th- mm. those, those ancestral days. But then your balance of yeah. exercise and hunting and going out, walking yeah. and sprinting and things like that. You so know, you're fattening up during summer, <coughs> eating probably a lot of fruit, honey. Yeah. You know, yeah. storing that fat. And then as you go into winter, when yeah. things are a little bit leaner, there's less of those items out there. Yeah. You and you've probably got to go out and find it. And yeah. so therefore you're utilising that that fat store but yeah. smitty you, you touched on a, a, a tricky point there i think our modern society sort of it, it's become fashionable to be overweight mm-hmm. and I, I know there's this body identity thing where it's it's okay however you want to um, project your image or how how content you are with how you look or feel and that's cool but you can't um, deny science, as you just said, no. that being overweight or massively overweight is not good for your health. No, it puts undue stress on vital organs um, that that is not healthy. So yeah. it, identity aside, you know, that the science of health and wellness doesn't do well for being overweight. No, it, it doesn't. You just can't get away from it. You hit the nail on the head perfectly. If you want to be heavy, if that's who you are and that's the lifestyle you want to lead, um, you're not going to enjoy as much wellness as someone who's lean. Do you think it's maybe an excuse, this whole identity thing? Because maybe someone who's overweight can't be asked losing it or, or committing or having the discipline to train or eat properly. I They're quite happy to live a, a, a lifestyle that is conducive to being overweight and that body image, I'm happy with what I look like. Let's face it, some people have a lot of trouble losing weight. Yeah. For some people, mm-hmm. it is a real struggle and they will gain weight just by looking at a bit of bread. So some people have real difficulties, whereas some people can lose weight effortlessly. Yeah. Uh, like I touched on the last podcast, I've always been very tall and lean and I can lose weight very, very quickly if I want to. So I, I could have a blowout. I could eat like crap for a month, two months, three months, put on a bit of weight, and, and I could lose it just like that. Yep. Whereas there are people on the flip side of the coin that really struggle to maintain a healthy body weight yeah. for whatever reason. Just their, their body makeup is different. Their biochemistry is a bit different. So so should they be the ones then that are more disciplined and uh, you know strict with their lifestyle instead of just, you know, yeah, well, can they? Can you just blame genetics all the time? No, you can't. I don't think you can just blame it, but I think it's certainly harder for some people. Yeah, and I think people should just do whatever they want to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, personal freedoms. Yeah, which I think we're seeing eroded a little bit in the last couple of years. Yeah, I, and, I totally and, agree uh, with that. I wouldn't say anyone should do anything, but I think if you want to live 
uh, your your best life in terms of wellness, then the evidence supports the fact that you need to be lighter. Yeah. We talked we talked about gene expression a little bit on podcast one, where we have the genes, we have the makeup to thrive and be healthy and happy, and the way we express those genes or what we do, epigenetics, determines the outcome really. So. If we are fit and active and healthy, we're going to express those genes for a fit and active, healthy person. If we don't do that, the genes are going to go the other way, right? Yeah. It, it's it's a bit about environment and a bit about your choice. Hmm. So every everyone has the ability to be fit and healthy, I think. Yeah. And, and like Smitty, you mentioned there are percentages of people that, can't lose weight or, or find it hard to control their weight. I, I sort of think that um, there are a lot of people that can do a lot of things about it. And I, I just think the the health epidemic or the, the ill health epidemic in our society puts a massive burden on the rest of society. You know, so you've got, um, you know, the medical system uh, for people that are unable or unhealthy because of their lifestyle, uh, you know, I was just yesterday there was a, a news article on mainstream radio talking about they had a lady from the Heart Foundation talking about the recent surge in heart attacks in light of the Peter Matura heart attack because he was chopping wood. They made sure that they put he was chopping wood on the front That's of the newspaper. Dangerous. Man, I live a dangerous life out in the country. That I chop chopping wood, all the time. wood is a hard task. For an ex-professional athlete. She was saying, she was saying that heart attacks happen every day and she said that heart disease causes 50 people a day in Australia to die. Something like that. I'm sure it's 50 people a day. Oh, I'm die sure. Die from sure heart disease. Possibly more, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds conservative. How is, how is the burden on our society, our medical system, our health system, for, for that condition, and I know there are genetically... Um, disposed people that uh, 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 that that would suffer that condition but if it's a lifestyle heart disease I just find I just find it um, it's a touchy subject when those people are putting such a demand on the rest of society yeah, because I'm, of their lifestyle choices I'm, I'm passionate about freedom yep. about personal freedoms and yep they do definitely put a burden on the health system as do smokers as do people that exactly. drink too much alcohol, yep. as do people that do zero exercise, as do people that abuse drugs. Um, but people are going to make their own choices. Yeah. And I think it's a slippery slope you go down when you start mandating anything. Yep. Um, I'm, I'm very much against mandating personal health decisions. I think people should be motivated to do it through education and through encouragement. But I, I don't think it's a it's a... I don't think we should be shaming or forcing anyone into doing anything. Yeah, good call. That, that, that's such a tough topic or issue, isn't yeah. it? And I, we, I, we've seen it recently. I mean, very controversial, but we've seen these uh, vaccine mandates. Yep. I don't agree with them at all. No, not do I. And I don't believe any of us in this room agree with them. So you can draw some parallels, can't you? Yeah. If you say, well, these uh, obese people or sedentary people or people who smoke are a, a massive burden, well, yeah, they are, but... What's the solution? Do we, do we start mandating everything or? Well, I think the solution was you just hit the nail on the head there was education. Education, encouragement. Yep. 
Um, and, and how many of those people that are smokers or that are unfit, unhealthy, on the verge of heart disease, don't know a lot of inf- haven't had the education on how a good lifestyle is lived. We touched on seed lifestyle. oils last time. How many people would know that seed oils and vegetable oil is, is yeah. terrible for you? Yeah. Not many, oh. I don't think. Yeah. Well, especially I, you go into the supermarket and it might have the five-star health rating tick. Ridiculous. It's I think, crazy. I think stuff like Nutrigrain. Yeah. Uh, maybe not Nutrigrain, but maybe it does. I don't know. But you see some, I mm. see some ridiculous foods with that five-star heart yeah. foundation yeah. health tick, well, whatever it is. You have a look at soda water. Come on. S- soda water's health rating is 0. 0.5. 0.5, yeah. It's water with a tiny bit of sodium. Yeah. How is that mm. bad for you? Well, you can't have too much salt. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll ju- instead, I'll have my four-star uh, orange juice. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, that's going to shoot my blood sugar through the roof. And One of the worst things you can have. Mm. Big glass of OJ, you're going to have a massive spike in insulin. Yep. Then you're going to crash. Then you're going to be really hungry and the cycle repeats itself. Yeah, well, that's right. We, we talked Terrible. about that a little... A couple of minutes ago, you know, we decrease our carbohydrate intake, increase our fat intake. It's probably controversial to say because people, the, the standard thing is you don't eat fat, right? You you have your, your grains and your legumes and dairy, you know, by saying reduce those kind of things and increase our fat, well, then we're sort of upregulating those genes involved in burning fat. Ingested fat yeah. as well. You know? I mean, fats aren't fats, are they? There's well, that's a, right. There's that definitely a big difference between having you having your seed oils, mm. maybe having a bit of canola oil, yeah, versus some of your very good, like eating an avocado. Yes, avocado is full yeah. of fat, yeah. full of really good fats. It's going to have a lot of health benefits. And saturated fat's been demonised too, and, and that's probably yes. a whole nother hour uh, or podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. to talk about that. Yeah, most definitely, but um, how that has been. It's not the whole story, is it? No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. The old, uh, back in, I reckon it was the 80s when that whole low-fat yep. concept came out and you look at the label and it's just pumped full of sugar. Sugar, mm. yeah, just replace yeah. fat with sugar. Yeah. The worst. And or chemical sugar. <coughs> I mean, we're talking conspiracies here, here, but um, the whole sugar industry demonised fat mm. to increase profits in, in, in a low-fat, inverted commas, uh, food items. Look at our great-grandparents eating bread and dripping. Yeah. Imagine saying you're feeding your kids dripping these days. You'd probably get put in jail. Yeah. yeah. They enjoyed better health than the current generations yeah. do. So I remember as a kid, my mum had a, a big um, baking dish in the fridge of solidified fat, yeah. and that was used every week. Oh, you know, I don't know how long she rotated it through for the weekly roast. Yeah. You, know, you don't see that anymore. Yeah. And you know, it's just butter, even butter as opposed to margarines, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that you, you hit the nail on the head, Jones. Yeah, and you also mentioned it one of the podcasts ago, a couple of weeks ago, about the um, the seed oils. Um, definitely, definitely such a, 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 a get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm. so hydrogenized carcinogen, heavy chemical. Yep. Production to get them. Yep. And your and your grains and, and stable to be able to take home to cook with, and then you cook with them. You're adding extra heat. Yeah. You're just oxidising, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. process grains as well. Yeah. So inflammatory. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, inflammation is a big big part of the problem with fats. If you're taking on board fats and you're very inflamed, then you're more likely to uptake those fats into the vessel walls in your arteries. Whereas if you've got low inflammation, that's not going to be so much of a problem. And I think, Chris, you might have touched on that mm. last week or the week yeah. before perhaps. But yeah. There's a big debate in saturated fat 
and how much of that you uptake in the absence of inflammation. So if you're not inflamed, yeah. doing things that inflame you, then we can possibly eat much higher level of saturated fat and not have any of those concerns around uptaking it. Well, I guess that's, that, that's, what way, they, so. that's what they talk about, you know, is is cholesterol the arsonist or the fireman? Yeah. You know, c- cholesterol is there in damaged arteries, but is it there to fix the damaged inflammation? Yes. Or is it the one causing the issue? Yeah. So some, you know, that's all. It's also another podcast really to talk about uh, cholesterol and, and how that is been demonised as yeah. well. And, yeah. So, yeah. Is that another conspiracy to get people on that? Is it statins, that, that drug, the cholesterol? Oh, oh definitely. Thing? I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, we can talk about pharma as well, you know, and we'll, we'll, yeah, implications. We'll, we'll touch on all that stuff, but... Yeah. Hey, um, I, I listened to an interesting podcast from Robert Kennedy Jr. the oh, other day, yeah? and he was discussing um, the forever chemical oh, yeah. called PFOS and PFOA. And uh, I'm not quite sure of what those initials are. I can't recall the actual name of it, the scientific name, Fair but if, if you wanted to do some Googling, PFOS, P-F-O-S, uh, or PFOA, um, they're a forever chemical. Uh, if anyone wants to look at a good movie about it, it's called Dark Waters, uh, which Mark Ruffalo starred and directed in, and it's based on a true story about how PFOS and PFOL was being released into a, a, a farmer's uh, creek or riverbed, and so his, his farm animals were consuming it by drinking out of the river and therefore just um, actually going senile, uh, having massive brain um, wig outs, uh, some cancers that were the size of watermelons developing over a very short period of time. Anyway, this chemical uh, is also uh, found in firefighting foam as well. So a lot of firefighters um, absorb this chemical. And the thing, why it's called a forever teflon. chemical, why it's called a uh, Teflon, sorry, yeah, Teflon fry pans. Yeah, yeah it's in did, the, did you listen to the latest one with Bobby? He was talking about it's also now in... Pizza boxes, takeaway containers. That's where I was so going to. That's oh, where yeah, I was yeah, going yeah. to. So it's leaching. This this chemical is called a forever chemical because your body, our bodies aren't designed to break it down. So our bodies are pretty good at breaking down certain chemicals and, and excreting it out of our cells. It cannot get rid of PFOS or PFOA, and it actually slowly accumulates in your body over time. They are finding it, as you say, Chris, in food wrapping. So you know... Um, Food, uh, it's like a, a wrapping on a hamburger, and the inside of that wrapping is sort of like a slippery, bit shiny, shiny, yeah. smooth thing. It's pretty much like a Teflon fry pan. It's mm. that smooth texture. Well, that's full of PFOS or PFOA, and is leaching into the fast food that people are eating. I bet you not many people would know about that. No. I didn't know about it until I listened to this. I, I knew no. the chemical existed because I, I've seen certain studies on on affecting certain professions, but did not know that in Fast foods, it is being used in wrapping and leaching into food. And people, yeah, people don't know it's there. And they no. haven't told us about it. They know that this is bad stuff. They've done the studies on it. Yeah. But you know, only recently though, only recently have they accepted the fact that this stuff is is poison. Mm. They, they, they've only just recently finished or concluded with studies to determine that fact. And the reason why they couldn't is because it was a Im- immunosuppressant. So... You might present with some issue if you had it. I might present with something different. So they couldn't tie them all together. Okay. It wasn't. It wasn't that everyone that ingested this stuff all had a brain tumor. There were all different kinds of things. It's kind of mm. yeah. 
But they now know it's definitely, it causes kidney and testicular cancer. Yeah, yep. Pretty bad for all-cause mortality. It just does a lot of bad things. Yeah. Yep. Sure. It, it, isn't it funny that, like, Teflon's really bad. I would encourage anyone using Teflon fry mm. pans to change to something else. Yep. Yeah. I'm not very fancy. I just use a very plain stainless steel fry pan. Yeah. I've heard arguments, even people say you shouldn't use stainless steel. I'm, I'm pretty happy with that, but... Isn't it funny that Teflon really was designed so we didn't have to use fat to cook with? Yeah, yeah. People were so obsessed with not using fat. Yeah. Wow. That we're, getting this, we're getting this stick. horrible chemical non-stick coating yeah. over the top of our fry pans yeah. so that you're not putting in your – I cook most of the time uh, with olive oil at a very low heat. Yeah. yeah. So I don't cook my food very hot usually. Um, if I'm going to cook very hot, I'll use like a coconut oil or something like that. But just for every day, like I cook eggs every morning, uh, same as you, Roo. I have eggs with avocado and um, – Sometimes I'll put in some bacon and a, a bit of mushroom, but I'll just put in a bit of virgin olive oil. Yeah. Very low. And then yep. I'll sort of bake it in the oven to finish it off like a bit of an omelette. Nice. I use my um, bacon fat. Oh, delicious. Save yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Cook the eggs in that. It's yeah. amazing. Mm. Like you were saying it, with it's your always keeping the dripping. We've got one of those little ramekins. Oh, you actually oh, physically yeah. Yeah. strain it off and keep strain it. Strain it off. Yeah. Right in there. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, Teflon's bad news. Yeah. All these, all these long-lasting thousand-year chemicals. Yeah. We definitely want to stay away from oh, it. It's, yeah. uh, what it is is we're getting away from nature. Every That's time we right, get yeah. too far away from nature yeah. is where we go wrong. Yeah. So if you look at food from the supermarket and it's got a thousand letters and symbols and chemical names after it, maybe think about avoiding it or limiting yeah. it. Let's yeah. let's try and get back to natural food. Like for us in our family, we try and eat mostly organic, which is expensive and it that's one of the main downsides. Yeah. Well, we're the same, but that's a sacrifice we've made. And, Absolutely, and we're saying, yeah. okay, yes. well, I'm not going to buy, I'm not going to buy 15 pairs of shoes a year. No. I'm going to prioritize my health and go with buying something organic, spray free. We know it's not GMO. We know it's not got any glyphosate on it. Yeah. And, and it, glyphosate it's, it's again. A pri- it's a priority. And I know it's tough and it, it is more expensive, but if you, if you're keen on, being healthy, that's one way to do it. Yeah, you reap the rewards. Yeah. I think if you put good yeah. food into your body. Yeah. Uh, like I'm a little bit different to you guys. I'm a bit controversial. I believe uh, fat is is quite good for you and not damaging. But I still do eat like a bit of a Mediterranean diet. Uh, so I don't yeah. follow keto diet. So I eat some I eat some pasta and we have some, some gnocchi. And mm. I wouldn't say I eat uh, too much of it, but I certainly have it. And then I intertwine that with uh, fasting and different periods of fasting. Yeah, uh, But that seems to work for me and, and my family. It's a little bit more family friendly for us. Do you, but, do you would you know what your uh, sort of macro breakdown would be? Percentages or on rooster? I know you would probably be. Yeah, not, you'd have a ballpark figure, but no, mate, I don't okay. count my calories. No, but you, you'd know though, right? You'd you'd go, okay, I'm getting. Um, well, for me, I reckon I get about twenty percent of my calories from carbohydrates. Fats would be a bit higher, and then pro- probably fats about sort of forty, protein about forty. Yeah, pretty fair, fair breakdown. Yeah. I, yeah. Don't, I don't know. I mean, and that, and we talked about it before. It's it's an ind- individual thing. I've got to that point over several years, and and I, I have tried a few things. I have tried keto. I've tried um, a carnivore diet. I haven't tried a vegan diet. I'm probably not going to, to be honest. Um, but I kind of fall back on sort of a paleo sort of primal kind of diet. Um, I'm not I'm not sure about too many nuts and seeds. Um, they've got a lot of oils and ratios in them I'm not really sure about. I think they do a little bit of stuff to my 
my tum tum. Yep. But um, well, that that's where I end up. So I was just, I was just. Yeah, I don't count. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't have a. I have looked at it in the past. Yeah. Sort of more like snapshots of what we're getting, but I certainly eat a lot of fat. Like we eat a lot. I eat a lot of oily fish. Yeah. I eat a lot of avocado. Uh, I, I cook with a lot of olive oil. I have uh, my medium chain triglyceride oil in coffee sometimes. Have C eight oil and things like that. Yeah. So I'm definitely not averse to fat, and I'll try and get a lot of fat in. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, our brains are made of fat. Our cell membranes are made of fat. We need to have a lot of good fats going yeah. in. That's that's my opinion. Uh, eat quite a bit of protein. We eat quite a bit of meat. I'd say we would probably eat red meat uh, at least four days a week. Yeah, I'm have, have a bit of fish yeah. in there. I try to avoid deep sea fish as much as possible for the mercury. So yeah. I like to eat a lot of uh, sardines and mackerel. Yeah, it's good yeah. for me. Anchovies I like. Yeah. Um, we'll occasionally have uh, some pelagic fish. Yeah. Um, occasionally have some deep sea fish because I'm not really strict about anything. Yeah. Uh, a bit of snapper and stuff yeah, at yeah, times you, because you don't hey, want to be too dogmatic, life, right? do you? Oh, you know, you want to um, have a bit of if your kid's having a birthday, you know, you, of course, you might yeah. have a bit of a birthday cake. Yeah, like yeah. But but we eat pasta and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. We make homemade gnocchi out of yeah. lovely organic potatoes and you're all gluten. Some, some, yours is gluten free. Yes, yeah, so we've yeah. been gluten free as a family for quite a long time. Yeah. Uh, is that because of the GMO factor of the wheat? Or is it that the gluten is a bit of an issue, or is that is that all of the above? Yeah, it's the same side of the. Yeah, really trying to avoid GMO. Coin. I think GMO is just terrible news. Mm. Like I mean, anytime we're modifying a plant to be able to accept more pesticides, yeah, um, herbicides, or also that we can just spray the shit out of it. Th- that, that's what I mean. And not kill it. You know, and round, then we're going to eat that. Roundup ready plants. Yeah, I don't want my food no. uh, bathed in glyphosate. Yeah. I think that is. Just absolutely detrimental to human health. So that's that's so, that's another so one of um, Bobby Kennedy's podcast, the Defender podcast. He talks about how GMO food came about, um, and it, it it goes back to glyphosate, which is Roundup, the weed killer. So they actually that was a antifungal, antimicrobial. I think it was it was supposed to be ingested by humans. They worked out it's probably not good. The guy threw it in his backyard. He killed his weeds. He went, oh, okay, well, let's, let's run with that. So it was a weed killer. Then they found out a certain weed didn't die when you sprayed it with it. They got the chemical compound from that, and then they injected that into wheat, corn, mm-hmm. Yeah, wheat is, wheat is one of the worst because mm-hmm. they use it uh, not only as a, as a um, herbicide to control weeds, but they use it as a desiccant yeah. right before yeah. they harvest it. Yeah. So your, your if wheat, it's green, they can spray it, and it kills it off. Yeah. Exactly right. So it, dries it out. speeds things yeah. up. So. Wheat is absolutely bathed in glyphosate. So yeah. actually the reason that we went gluten-free in the beginning is because my wife was gluten intolerant. Ah, yeah. so, so she's not a celiac, yeah. but it doesn't agree with her. So we always tried to avoid it. And then I actually did it in sympathy for her because it's just easier it is, yeah. to avoid, don't sort of have gluten in the house. So if we have bread, we buy like a sprouted quinoa bread, yeah. uh, other stuff like that, which I think is probably better for you anyway than yeah. a bit of tip-top white bread from the supermarket or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's... Um, so I, I, don't, I avoid gluten and mm. I have done a test that says I'm mildly intolerant. Yeah. But I also think that it would have a lot to do with the glyphosate content. I think that intolerance for most people comes from the fact that it's sprayed in glyphosate. Yeah. And I think yeah. this absolute epidemic in allergy that we're seeing yep. is due to the fact that all our food is bathed in this. Yeah. Well, it, it messes with the tight junctions in your stomach, opens them up and allows yes. foreign particles in. And if then get- that's what the... Im- Body thinks it's inflammation and is coming in to clean it up, and that's why you're inflamed. Correct. If you get little tiny parts of food going into your bloodstream and your body tags that as an invader, yeah. 
then you're going to get an allergy to that yeah. or you're going to get sensitized to that. You're going to get antibodies against it. So, And it's going to recognize that for the future. And I think most people don't actually realize that they're gluten intolerant. No. And there's a bit of a stigma attached, like a bit of a weakness. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what, you can't even handle eating bread? Yeah. Uh, I think if you try it, like I tried it and I had zero problems eating bread, never felt better, Yeah. Uh, just next level of energy. And if I eat it now, I do notice it. I do miss toast. So, yeah. Toast smells so good. Yeah. Well, I still, <laughs> I still have my toast. Well. I have my uh, sprouted quinoa yeah, bread. That's a we, we go to a dedicated gluten-free bakery and yeah. I still have some bread at times. Yeah. I try not to eat too much of it, but I, I do have a Mediterranean diet, so yeah. we do eat some um, some carbohydrates. But yeah, in terms of my breakdown, I'm not too sure. Lots of protein, lots of fat, uh, but also carbohydrates. So mm. yeah, it just seems to work for us. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd be keen to try uh, carnivore one day, and I think yeah. I will. Just the logistics of getting it set up and also the cost. I mean, we eat organic sort of grass-fed beef yeah. when we're going to eat beef. So it's a pretty big expense when you start getting into the, the cost of it. Yeah, I mean, I ate a lot of um, mince. Yeah. So I would um, – a bit of mince. I actually it, – it's going to sound weird, but it tasted amazing. Mm. So I had a little bit of mince, a little bit of liver, um, an apple and some honey, and that all went in together. Um, sort of 500 grams of mince with those couple of apples, a little bit of liver and honey would give me two meals. I mean, I'm not a big fella, so that's maybe one meal for one person. But that the the honey sort of caramelised a little bit mm. and it was really good. And, and for two meals, um, grass-fed, 500 grams of beef mince, I don't know, 10 bucks. Um, it, it's not super expensive. It's not like I was eating tomahawk ribeye steaks every <laughs> night, you know. Um, yeah, and yeah, and the liver was about the big as big as a basketball, and it was two bucks. Oh, Gra- really? Grass fed. Two bucks a kilo. No, no, two bucks. Just two dollars. Yeah, for for a whole liver. Yeah. So we we get our meat from a regenerative farm, uh, a, a co-op of farms. Beautiful. Um, Where is that located, mate? Uh, I think they're in Williams. They're called Dirty Clean Food. Oh, yeah, we have Dirty Clean Food. Yeah, uh, mince a fair bit. Yeah, that's so actually... You can actually get it in some supermarkets, I think IGA and stuff, but oh. we do an online order. Okay. Comes in, it's all frozen. Um, you know, they package it up, leave it at your doorstep. Yeah, right. It's all, it's all amazing, yeah. Mm. There's some good different cuts of meats and, yeah. and stuff, yeah. And reasonably priced? Reasonably priced. I mean, it is all, you know, so... Natural, organic, grass-fed, mm. regeneratively farmed. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and we can probably talk about regeneratively farmed, what that means in a whole other podcast. Yeah. I think it's it's probably an environmental one that we can do. But Going back to the meats, are, yeah, are organ meats cheaper to purchase? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. Is that but because of a um, a demand thing? I think nobody wants them. Yeah. So they're just a couple of bucks. Right. Um, I remember when I was a young fella, we. Lived in the country and we would eat brain from the farmers who'd give us some brain. And I quite like brain as a kid. I used to eat a lot of, uh, yeah, I think, sheep's it's brains. It's all gooey and, yeah. I didn't like the kidney. I haven't I haven't eaten brain since I was a kid, but liver was – it's it's hard, it's, it's hard to eat, so I don't do it anymore. I've got the, the desiccated organ supplement. Yeah. Take that. I think if you're going to eat liver, cow's liver or, or any liver, liver is a detox organ. Mm. Get it from a good animal. Yeah. Don't get it from a feedlot animal that's been eating a whole ton of grains and a whole ton of yeah. glyphosate mm. sprayed stuff. If you're going to eat the the detox organ of an animal, get it from a good, healthy, mm. grass-fed, 
yep. organic if you can. Good, good call. Yeah, that, look, I don't know if there's any science behind that, but it seems like common sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd have to, I'd have to look that up, but just from a common sense point of view, yeah, I think that would I be don't a think it's good move. I don't think the organ stores any of the detoxing, though, mm. doesn't it? Detox it and get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. There's probably some stuff in the intermediate phase when it gets harvested. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> true. You can't obviously detox everything, can you? So it's no. probably. But anyway, it's it. It was a it was an interesting way to eat, but it's it's probably not sustainable. So I've gone back to. And I guess the, the thing is, everyone's in individual. We've got three people here, all eating different ways, but we've got to a point. Each of us have got to a point that really works for us, and we've dialed that in. We know we know what works for us. Like I know I can't eat certain things, um, tomatoes, garlic, onion gives me reflux, so I just avoid those. I can't eat those, so I don't. Mm. But I don't know if any. I don't know if most people are tuned into. And, and until you eliminate those things, you don't realise the issues that it's been causing. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I was touching on with the gluten. Like the power of an elimination diet. Yeah, is huge. Yeah, do yourself a favour, like do a fast. Yeah, and then slowly introduce some foods back one at a time. Yeah, and if one of them you react to, you'll you'll know about it. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. if you're just chucking it in at a giant thing of lots of different food, you're not going to know what's that's right. not, not agreeing it, with you. It could or maybe be anything, couldn't it? Not in a yeah. sufficient quantity, but yeah. if you're a bit sus about some things. Yeah. Like if you're not sure if you're gluten or dairy intolerant or if it's best for you, cut it out for like a week or two. Yeah. Eat the rest of your food, normal diet. I'm not saying fast for two weeks, but just cut out gluten and dairy. Yeah. And then one at a time, go to town. Yeah. After two weeks, smash milkshakes, whatever you want. Just drink a lot of milk for a day. See how you feel. <laughs> yeah. Your body will tell you pretty yeah. damn quick. Yeah. And the same with gluten. If you eat it, you're getting a sore stomach, you're getting reflux, bloating, flatulence, bloating, yeah. whatever. You yeah. know about it, and if that's the case, then maybe have a think about whether you want to cut it out. Yeah, I think that's um, what we've talked about listening to your body, and what you're saying there, Jonesy, is um, you know, like people might get these symptoms, like you just said, you get reflux from tomatoes and stuff like that, but people are a bit are ignorant yeah. to their body and how it's how it's behaving. So instead of just going, oh yeah, what, what I've eaten could possibly have caused that. Oh, I suffer reflux. It's a generic. Ge- oh, I suffer reflux. Go to the doctor. I'll get this this pill, whatever, yep. or um, get some I'll get eczema antacid. or uh, I'll get psoriasis on my skin. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just the thing that I was born with, yeah. you know. Put some cream on it. Yes, yeah, how I am. Put some cream on it. Uh, there's no um, sort of uh, awareness to look beyond that to see whether there is a cause of what I'm consuming. Almost everything comes back to your diet. It's diet. Well, oh, yeah. for sure. I'll, I'll tell yeah. you a quick personal story. My wife had quite bad eczema as a child and even – when I first met her in her early 20s and completely cured it really with diet. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas there was no real knowledge of that going back 30 years. No, no. Obviously, we, we didn't have a good understanding, I don't think, of yeah. the role yeah. diet played. Or it certainly wasn't in the mainstream. If you went yeah. to the doctor, they would say, have some steroid cream. Yeah. yeah. Here you go, put some uh, put some of that topical steroid on your eczema and that'll take yeah. it away. Yeah. Maybe I'll tell you a, cause. I'll tell you a personal story too, a little bit personal. So, But you know when you're a kid and you get bum worms? <laughs> uh. I'm sure there are people out there who have had worms. You know, like, you, and you go to the chemist and you get that, that Bantrum stuff and, yeah. you, and that, you got these little chocolate things and, and they get rid of the worm. You have to deworm the whole family. You've got to clean the bed sheets and stuff because they often nest in your, in your bedding. So you had worms coming out of your bum? No, they're not coming out of your bum. 
It's not like an alien movie or anything. No, I but if you had a good look up there, you'd probably. <clears throat> oh yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I know of some sort of sort of pe- some parents will get their kids bum and and pull them out. You can pick them out. Wow. Yeah. The, the the worms come at night. Where, where at, are we going with this? At, at night time, right? The worms <laughs> come. To, uh, there is a point to this. They'll have a circadian rhythm. They the do. Worms. No, yeah, they, they, do, yeah. they come when it's dark. So oh. generally, when you go into bed, <laughs> you'll feel these little bites or, so or wiggles hole. in your bum hole. Yeah, but the wow. butt holes are always. Smitty, you're dark, looking at me right? like you've never heard of this before. Oh, it's not in the front of my mind. <laughs> so I, I had, when you were a kid, did look, you have worms? Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'll say yes, but. I had forgotten about it. <laughs> yeah, well, see, I couldn't because even in my adult life, I was getting worms. Right. Yeah, but I um. Okay, I see where you're going now. I right. thought something's got to be going wrong here, uh, so I I thought, and that's when I started doing some research on gut health and stuff like that. So I started eating fermented food. So I was having sauerkraut, and I still do now, and I've been doing it for years. Beautiful. I have two catfuls of apple cider vinegar, and that worm problem. Has gone, and I'm pretty I'm not embarrassed, but it was a, it was a thing that happened was happening in my bum hole. Uh, well, you don't want worms in your bum hole. No, you don't. <laughs> no, it's very uncomfortable. Not when you're a kid. Not when you're an adult. No, <laughs> no. Uh, and but that that I reckon I have readjusted my biome in my gut. And another example was that of uh, when I was maybe you know, it was low th- oh, it's stomach acid or something that killed oh, it. I don't know acid. <clears throat> And it wasn't that I changed, you know, I, I don't bite my nails and often, you know, with kids with dirty fingernails or whatever or pets and you go and put your fingers in your mouth and stuff like that, you can often get worms and I wonder, they I can be passed on from kids to kid as well when they're young. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, I, I sort of kept getting that in my younger adult years. Anyway, talking about uh, in my younger adult years, getting drinking a lot of alcohol as you do, like getting together with your mates and stuff. The hangovers I used to have were horrendous. I would spend the next day spewing bile what? from the, the the depths of my stomach up until about three or four in the afternoon, and it was yellowy, foamy bile. And I wasn't drinking any more than other other guys. You just soft. I yeah. I tried to make <laughs> sure I ate before I drank because if I didn't drink, it would be worse. If I didn't eat before I drank, it would be worse. And like, I'm just talking about a normal session on the beers, you know, and you're getting a bit drunk, you're having a good time. Um, but since I've started that, that um, the sauerkraut and the apple cider vinegar in the morning, I don't get those hangovers anymore. I have not spewed up any bile or had that reaction to, it's a little like alcohol poisoning, yeah, the next like day. It's totally, totally gone. So I reckon whilst I was drinking alcohol, I already had an imbalance somewhere in my stomach. And it was making it worse. Yeah. And yeah. making the worms drunk. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> In the but darkness yeah. of So I can be a massive advocate for um, those sort of food, uh, what do you call them? Fermented, Fermented foods. Fermented foods. Yep. Uh, having two effects on, on my my lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. Get rid of your bum hole worms. I think like mm. fermented foods, uh, raw foods, prebiotic foods. Amazing health yeah. benefits. Yeah. yeah, everyone should have them in their diet if yeah. you can. Just just find a fermented food that you like. Yeah, I actually eat sauerkraut as well. I really like it. Yeah, um, even yogurt. You know that sort of stuff. They reckon that um kefir is really yes. really good. They yeah. reckon that's got f- fifty times more mm. of the the uh, bacteria or the microorganisms um, more so than yogurt. And often when you eat yogurt, yogurt gets um, uh, B- neutralized or burnt by your stomach acid, and therefore has nil effect. 
right? Uh, yeah, whereas the kefir, the, the microorganisms in kefir are more resilient right. and can survive your stomach acids more huh. so. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. i tell you a big scam is this kombucha thing. We're all walking around ah. drinking these kombuchas. They're real healthy. Yeah. A lot of them are full of sugar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think maybe if you make a homemade kombucha and you do the ferment right and – yeah, it's pretty your, hard to get you've right. Got you've got your scoby and you're, yeah. you're making it and you yeah. make sure really all the sugar is fermented out. You're probably getting some good benefit, but you're going down the shop and just buying one from Coles and it's uh, full of sugar. I, yeah. would, I wouldn't recommend it. Nah. I think a lot the of people... The only thing it's good for is probably putting a bit of vodka in. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. Yep. Talking about the alcohol. Yep. But well, we're getting pretty... Getting towards the end here. So what are some, what are some recommendations or... I know we, we it's... I guess it's being a funny one, it's kind of individualized, I guess, is what we're been discussing. I think I think lowering lowering carbohydrates, increasing your fats, having a sort of moderate to high amount of protein. What would you do? What one, Mate, gram, I would, one um, two grams per If I was just to say kilo? to people, I would just uh, it'd be I don't mean it to be a negative, but it'd be a removal of sugars. Yeah. Processed grains, your um your seed oils. And any processed food. That's if a you want to, if start, you want yeah. to start off with just getting your shit together, health wise, those four items from a diet. If you can remove those, yeah. while still keeping all your good things, you know, like um, I don't know, a little bit of a glass of wine or a bit yeah. of dark chocolate or something like that. You know, yeah. still enjoying or some some nice fatty carbs or whatever. Yeah. Get into it. Yeah. But those four things, get rid of them. Yeah. That's that's. Pretty good advice, I reckon. We talked about seed oils before, uh, vegetable oils. I keep calling them seed oils, encompassing all of them. But if you remove those from your diet, any processed food you look at is sort of off the table. Yeah. You can't eat it. It's a good. That's yeah. a good place to start. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Well, that would be my advice. Just eat natural. Eat, yeah. yeah. Eat as natural as you possibly can. Yeah. And for me, that means eat food that's not sprayed. Yep. If you can afford it and you can find it, biodynamic food is amazing. Oh, yeah. I think that's the pinnacle of food, but it yeah, is hard to find. Thing. I don't think you could – certainly me, where I live, I wouldn't be able to eat all biodynamic. Yeah. One, because it would just – What cost. do you mean by biodynamic? Uh, so organic, but then using other ways of sort of enriching the nutrients in the soil, using a whole uh, ecosystem of incorporating animals and gotcha. everything yep. into the farming process. Yep. Yeah. There's uh, planting via schedule of the moon. Uh, there's a whole bunch of things to it. Yeah. I think it's amazing. Yeah. I think the food, I mean, they've proven that the food has more nutrients in it. Oh. So that, they've done studies where they've taken organic or biodynamic foods and they've looked at the nutrient composition of that compared to, a, say, a monocrop, and it, it just has more nutrients in it. Yeah, and just so, a simple fact of you putting your hands into some soil to oh turn it. God, yeah, if you or, could grow it yourself, even better. Or to pull a carrot out of the ground, wash it, and it might still have some of that good soil yeah. bacteria on it. How good is that for your gut health? So good. Yeah. So good. Even just putting your hands in it without eating it. Yeah. So good. Breathe in a few of the bits of soil floating around in the air. Exactly. That's what we're meant to do. But That's right. that gets back to my point. Eat natural as you can. Don't eat foods that have a whole bunch of chemicals on their label. So getting back to what Chris said, processed food. It's no good for you. No. Grow your own food if you can. That's that's the pinnacle of yeah. of uh, health in my opinion. And it connects you with nature. It's inexpensive. It's fresh. You're never going to eat better food. You'll feel yep. better. Yeah. Good call. Connect with nature. That's what it's all about. It's a good way to finish. Connect with nature. I You've like been it. finishing our podcast off with a very 
good bit of wisdom, Smitty. Hopefully, I like it. Hopefully we've kept people to the end because uh, Smitty's come out with some uh, pretty I good nuggets in the last sort of – he's kicked a couple of goals in the last few yeah, minutes and yeah. lost yeah. the game. Very wise man. <laughs> start calling him Yoda. Yeah. yeah. It's been good to catch up, fellas. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Yeah, until next time. And, and uh, just so those people listening, uh, the, the fourth person that is normally with us, Mickey Mack, um, he's had a couple of engagements over the last couple of podcasts, so we put in um, an absentee. Apologies for him. So uh, he'll be back hopefully next next. Um, we've we've next talked podcast. about uh, eating a lot of meat, and he's a vegan, so... Yeah. He hasn't had the right to reply. We'll give him that. <laughs> he's an incredibly healthy vegan that seems to be doing really well on it, so... Yeah. Just goes back to our point of uh, everyone... Does different on different diets. Yeah, exactly right. So it'd be good to hear from him. He can give us a kind of. It's a shame he's not here to give us that other perspective. Yeah, no doubt he'll have a listen to these yeah. discussions and and give us a bit of input next time he's he's with us. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Looking forward to having him back. And yeah. uh, until next time. Yeah. Excellent. Get on your lads. Get on you. See ya. See ya.